I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill, and I am your host, as always, as we do this survey tour of everything freight sales, interesting perspectives, interesting tidbits, tips, tricks, anything to, to land another deal, make some more margin. We have a very cool show for you today. We have Chris Adams of VP of Sales from the Brokers Unit over at PAM Transport, and we are going to talk about auction school, auctioneering, something that is kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, once Chris said that that he went to auctioneering school and he applies that to freight sales, I I just uh, wanted to talk to talk to him about that. Um, if you ever been to the auction, it's very cool. Talk very fast, so we'll see what is in store for us today. But it's all about you know creating a story, uh, creating suggestions. Part of that, too, is an article that I came across on Inc. Magazine uh, this weekend. Big fan of Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. They always have these great sales articles, great business articles. So wanted to share one of those with you. And this is all about the art of persuasion. So persuading anyone is as simple as this technique proven by a leading psychologist. It comes down to four simple words. So this is an aggregate study of like 20 or 30 different research studies that have all been wrapped up into, into like a meta-analysis. So this is called the BYAF, BYAF model. Uh, and what it really is, is an acronym for, but you are free, but you are free to make the decision. You're free to say no, you're free to say yes. And it's all about protecting someone's personal autonomy, the, the personal freedom to, to make a choice. Oftentimes we get in and we want to, uh, to bend elbows and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, give people ultimatums i think that's uh, you know sign now before the end of the month to save 30 percent off i guess there's a choice but it's, it's kind of a coercive choice for uh, a lot uh for for that sell style so you want to and, and i talk about this quite a bit too you want to make sure that your buyer has ownership in the process as quickly as possible it's kind of their idea they have buy-in it they kind of own the project in, in a lot of ways. Do you want to, to, to keep reinforcing that? Because um, if it's their idea, if they're, you know, if they're going to get the glory, but, but certainly if it's their idea and they have ownership of the process, then, you know, it becomes their idea and they become a great champion for that idea. But yeah, persuading anyone comes down to these four simple words and, this is based on decades worth of research, as shown that there are, you know, a handful of practices for influence. And but the PYAF is a proven technique. Some of the the key phrases here uh, that are part of the PYAF is "Don't feel obligated," "See for yourself," "The choice is yours," "Only if you want." And it really reminds me of that consultative approach to sales. You, you come in, you educate. Uh, the, the the buyer, you get their intake, you get their ownership, 
and it becomes their choice. So you're free to accept this offer. You're free to decline this offer. You're certainly free to restructure kind of uh, the, the offering on the table, whether it's a product or service that to fit your needs, because you're in kind of in charge of the whole project now. You want to, to transfer that ownership over to the buyer as quickly as possible. But here's a quick rule of thumb embedded in the article here. When you're asking someone to do something for you, whether it's your child, your colleague, your spouse, your buyer, make sure your request doesn't threaten their sense of personal freedom and autonomy. Better yet, frame it so that they feel they're doing what you're asking them to, not because you've asked them, but because ultimately it was their decision. People like making their own decisions, and as often as you can get your buyers to make their own decision, which is a decision you want them to make, but it's still their own decision, the better off you're going to be, the more sales you're going to make, and the bigger the margin at the end of the day. So you can go to ink.com and check this article out. Once again, the title is Persuading Anyone is as Simple as This Technique, Proven by a Leading Psychologist. It comes down to four simple words. It's a great article, very good information. You always want to, to have autonomy. And part of that is suggesting. And this is a central core to, to Chris's uh, skills and what we talked about before he came on the show. So welcome to the show, Chris Adams, VP of Sales over at Pam Transport. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I am doing good. It's always great here on FreightWaves TV, Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Put That Coffee Down. So welcome again to the show. And let's talk sales. But first, let's talk auctioneering. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, auctioning, uh, it's, uh, it's something that the, my grandfather used to take me when I was a child. I got interested in it. And interested enough, well, I took a vacation and went to auction school for a week. And that was uh, that was one of the uh, a learning experience because I actually learned more how to sell there than uh, any, anything else I went through because they taught, taught me how to use a statement, a suggestion, and a question in order to ask for things because that's essentially what an auction chant is. I'm at 100 it, now. Fulty, would you give me $150? Let, let's okay. Let's do that again in real time auctioneering speed uh, for a few seconds because I, I yeah yeah go, go ahead now hundred and half but I get hundred and half that is a, that's a statement suggestion question and what it does is it uh, it tells a story you know it tells you what you have it tells you what is possible and then it asks you if you would like to accept that possibility. So let's uh, let's take it in slow motion now. What was the the, the statement that, that you just did? Uh, the statement would be, "I have a truck in Atlanta, Georgia. If I were to deadhead that truck over to Norcross, Georgia, and pick up your load, could I have your load coming to Springdale, Arkansas? But only if you want to." So, there's the, so that's the, the the statement about only if you want to. There's yeah. the statement. The suggestion is, if if I deadhead the, the the trucks over to Norcross, Georgia, pick up the load. And then the question there, would you like me to do that? Yes. And, and see, most of the time with our, you know, with our shippers, it's called spontaneous value creation. And what we do is we help them with volatility. And volatility uh -huh. is freight that they had to cover today or tomorrow that they didn't know they had to cover yesterday until yesterday or today. I, I like that terminology. I, I really hadn't heard that before. Spontaneous value creation, right? Because it is the volatility of the market. Um, maybe they were using somebody else and... That truck fell off. They're scrambling to cover today, and all of a sudden, the value 
pops into existence, really. Yes, and then your state of suggestion question is made up of your four basic marketing utilities, which is your place utility, from and to, uh, your time utility with speed of transit, a transactional value add, or service extension. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I always tell this to, to, to freight brokers who, 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 you know, hit me up for, for advice or, or whatever, and I never called it spontaneous value creation, but you always have to be prospecting because you never know when the need is going to arise because it pops in and out so often, almost on a daily basis. You have to be in the right place at the right time with the right statement, suggestion, and question to get the business to, to distort it or to expand it. Absolutely. You have, to, you have to find a way to be relevant. And some of that is doing your homework before you get on the phone with the customer, obviously. Yeah, and something you said in one of your prior podcasts is you've got to be do a very good job of speaking to what you do very well, whatever that is. And that, that's no difference than uh, you know, when you do research on the customer, you do research on yourself. Your customers are going to do business with um, people that know what they're selling, know what they want, and then know the market. And knowing the market is very important uh, as a freight broker. Uh, same with an auctioneer too, right? You, you have to know the value of of what you're auctioning off to, to get the, the maximal price for it. You know when to stretch it a little bit further. You know when maybe to encourage more bids. Um, yeah, but you have to start... know the market, whether that's real estate or or, or cattle or, or whatever you're auctioning off. Well, you have to know what something's worth. I mean, if you start off with too low, then the auction will take too long. Um, if, if you start out too high, well, then you're not going to get any bids. And that, that describes trucking and, and, and freight brokerage, trucking rates to a T. I mean, that it really does. It's I, it's almost a perfect analogy, right? Absolutely. I mean, really, we're auctioning well, capacity. Yeah, and we're also, the, the economy that we operate in is, uh, would be the peak load capacity, right? Similar how they do electricity and, and different things mm-hmm. and, and uh, the hotel business. And I mean, we, we all know that there's uh, there's auction um, there's there's auction environments for those for those two things as well. So, what other so so auctioneering school? Uh, where did you go to auctioneering school at? I was at the Missouri Auction School up in St. Louis. It's, oh, okay. it wasn't, it's known as the Harvard of auctioneering school. But well, there you go. Like, the Harvard yeah, of auctioneering more, schools. Yeah, awesome. Um, what other lessons did you learn? Kind of, you know, we talked about statement, suggestion, question. Well, Anything I mean, else that, or that another was, way to apply that, that, was, that principle? Well, and, it's and, a good way. It was a very, how I used it is um, people want to ask me, well, how do you sound so pretty on the phone? Well, and that's a good way to teach someone who's not comfortable being on the phone. I mean, it's one thing to be a good sales guy. It's another thing to be able to train people to do that. And not everybody's cut out for that, as we know. Um, you know, some <laughs> people have got holdups where they just are just absolutely scared to death of being told no, and they're scared to put themselves out there. You know, something else that you said earlier about, about pushing people to a decision point, most people don't like to make decisions. That includes your customers. You know, you've got to be able to put, push your customer to the point where they will make a decision. And I like the part about leaving them out. You know, we're, we're not, uh, we're not telemarketers, so to speak. Um, in fact, what I tell people is not only we're not telemarketers, but what we, what we do is we call customers that are getting paid to give away what it is that we're asking for. It's called a captured service encounter. So don't ever feel bad about calling them. Don't feel like you're bothering anybody. Those people are getting paid to answer your calls. Yeah, I mean, they have to get the freight out the door. Someone's going to have to move it. And, Somebody's going to do it. You know, they're not going to stop because 
because they don't have a the deal they want per se, right? So they're going to pay the market rate or whatever whatever market rate they can get because it's much more valuable getting that that freight out the door than than sitting over a couple of pennies a mile. So it is captured. It's got to move, kind of like electricity, yeah, right? Electricity you can't hold it. One of the things I also feel like is important is that you need to give your customer enough affordable information for them to resell their decision to give whatever it is you're yeah. asking for. You need to give them enough affordable information to resell it to their boss. Because if, if you don't, and, and that's, well, that cannot be the actual decision maker. Exactly right. And now that, that part is about the ownership. And when you talk about suggestion, right, I, I, I think the statement suggestion question is, is really good for for people with a fear of sales, right, or fear of saying no. And part of that lack of confidence or that fear is conveying too much information. Yes. Right? Overselling it. Or, or selling it. Overselling it. Never asking for business. Yes. Those people don't ask for the business. So it's it's very, very much into a keep it simple, stupid, a kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid format, which we all need, really. I mean, because we all we can all get... Uh, a little bit out into the weeds. We can we we can talk too much. We can convey too much information. But keeping it simple, you know, here's here's the problem. Here's a suggested solution. How does that sound? It keeps it very simple, right? Instead of writing that yeah. that that five hundred word essay for a question, it's three sentences. No, nobody. Customers, most customers don't like to read white papers, especially if if you're on a sales call with them. Yeah, you've got to get mm-hmm. to the point. You got to get, get there quick, and it's got to it's got to be logical. You know, you got to give them enough. Uh, you got to give them enough components to make a logical decision to choose you. You do, you do. You give that to them, and and probably the, the first thing out of their mouths a lot of times, what's the rate? Sure. What's the, what's the rate, rate or what's the time? And then you're in negotiations, and that's cool. That's where you sure. want to be. And then you and you can use your you can still use it. You can still use the statement suggestion question. You know. Hey, you, you're wanting to pay nine hundred on these. I need twelve hundred. If I could do two of them, I'll do them for a thousand. Yep, right there. You're negotiating. Yeah. You're negotiating, Absolutely. and then you can go to you can come come away from price too, and go to time. You know, uh, what's the statement for? You know, I, I just know a question right now off the top of my head. You know, when do you need them? And then okay, I can get them there now. Would that work for you? I think I yeah, skipped a suggestion there. But how quick you need? Yeah, you know, the two things they want to know is, is to, especially if it's something that uh, you know if they have that's uh, that's growing gray hairs on it because it's old and it's a, it's a day late. You know, it's how quick can you pick it up, and then how quick can you deliver it? You know, most of the yep. most of the freight that from my from my experience, especially in the spot market, most of the spot market freight that you get is it's under duress or it's late. There's a reason why you have it. There always is. So, um, you know, that, that, that would be the value add is how quick you can pick it up, how quick you can get it there, whether or not you, you know, the tracking capabilities that you have with whatever technology that you have surrounding your transaction and, and, and those things. Yeah. You know, same day freight is same day freight for a, a very specific reason. Absolutely. Something bad has gone on. Some un- unforeseen it's not, it's not incident yet. has, yes, 99% of the time. Absolutely. And would that, that could be a pandemic or a hurricane or a portrait. So your customer's customer screwed up in some way, and now they need a rush order of something, so it's an emergency order, 
so it doesn't really fall back onto the, the, the customer, but there is some kind of emergency, some kind of urgency to to that shipment. Absolutely. And that that's the how spontaneous value creation works is that you make available team capacity for today that they didn't know you had. They make available a freight a load for your team that you didn't know they had. That's where the spontaneity is created. And the spot market exists. Absolutely. And the spot now, market now, exists. You can use that for contract freight too. I mean, the, obviously, uh, the, the big, the biggest difference between spot freight and contract freight is one is proactive, one is reactive, right? Um, it, that's why it's always important to me on the spot freight is most of the time people that, uh, your customers that tender out spot freight, we call those tier two decision makers. Um, you know, they're, Every, what they do is more reactionary than pro than proactive. Okay. Um, but you can yeah you can use the same strategy on on uh, as far as for con- soliciting contract freight as well. What would be uh, the statement suggestion question for for contract freight off the top of your head? Well, one of my power lanes is Laredo to Detroit, Michigan. We move approximately five thousand loads a year north and south from Detroit to Laredo. We feel like that we know that market very well. We feel like that. Uh, this piece of business would be would fit very w- w- well in our wheelhouse. That's why we have the competitive rate to go with it. I like that. I like that. You if it's nice, you can send that to me, but only if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's, it's nice and simple, and it keeps it very uh-huh. simple. So you know, I have a thing it, uh, about emails tra- and it's just, emails. It's enough to get you started. It, it is enough to get you started, and and it's uh, it's the opening, right? Um, so, so basically, uh, you know, cold out, outreach or e- even internal messaging, you know, I have a limit of 120 words, right, which is 30 seconds and keeping it as simple as possible as the first step, right? Once you get someone's attention with that, then you just power on through, you know, keep reinforcing those points with more detail. But there's no reason to throw out a lot of detail before you have someone's attention and their initial buy-in. Well, obviously, it's going to take you more than one load to get what's called the reaffirmation of trust, which okay. what that happens is what's when you when you do loads consistently. And, and, you know, how many loads can you miss before, you know, before you get in trouble and they start pulling freight from you? I mean, we all that, that varies. It's dynamic. Yeah. And we all know we all know it's there. Um, but the, the quickest thing you want to get to is you get to the point where you, where you have reaffirmation of trust with that customer. Yeah, I, did. I think a lot of salespeople, they they. um you know, they, they want to sell the product before the meeting. They want to sell the, the 300, lo- they, they want to send, sell the, the three loads a day commitment before the first load. Absolutely. And they go in and right, they, 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 they give too much information that they, they, everyone's lost in, in, in the words that they're using instead of getting that one load. And that's where I think the statement suggestion question initially is a great first load. And I think every load, every, every stage, in the, the sales process, uh, is a, a really good formula that is easy to pick up. Absolutely. You can even use it during the collections phase if they don't pay their bill. Yes. Yes. We all know the collections phase, certainly. Yeah, so absolutely. let's talk a little about about PAM Transport and, and what, you, what you're doing over there, how 2023's been, and, and kind of uh, what you guys are up to. Well, um, so I'm over uh, the brokerage and our power-only unit here at PAM. Um, we have, uh, we've had some tremendous growth in brokerage, uh, the last three years, obviously this year is, uh, has been a little, has been a little flat, you know, because of, uh, of, of what the market's doing, but that's okay. 
I mean, we're it's it's coming back to traditional form. Maybe next year we'll have a we'll have a, a real produce season, and it'll be slow in the first quarter and busy in the fourth quarter, like it like it used to be. I think it's going to so, be nice because we make the market more predictable if we could get yeah, back to if we take back yeah, traditional no, we, form. Well, we haven't had a predictable market in, in so long. I, I don't know if anyone remembers. I, I think there's a whole group of brokers who've never seen a predictable market. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's I think been that, that the, long. You know, the way the markets behave, I think it's taught everybody a lot of bad habits, you know, including your customers. You know, people have been very sloppy. They get more sloppy about what they've done just because it's been a mad grab to go to to, uh, to capture capacity and and it's, it's having people to uh, have to be closer traders. Yeah, true, true. Uh, so the, the broader markets, it's it's kind of in a standstill, kind of a bottom, kind of a little volatility. How about the cross border on the southbound? You know, when I was a freight broker, I did a lot of cross border into and out of Mexico. Uh, flatbed, more flatbed than than dry van. But um, how's that market going? It's going real well. You know, with uh, with nearshoring taking place, simply because people are sure. scared of, of being in China. But the one thing that um, you know, I've talked to uh, Donald Brock, and he he told me this that uh, the thing that's driving a lot of nearshoring in Mexico is automation. You know, right now the labor the labor market in China is is very high. Um, you know, we're seeing a tremendous amount of companies. Uh, moved to Mexico, and a lot of, it isn't because of cheaper labor; it's because of automation. It so is. It is. It's, uh, how, how's it on the border it. crossing automation wise and, and ease? Has it gotten easier over the years? Because I, I know uh, when I was in, it wasn't that long ago; it was five, ten years ago. Um, you know, it was uh, once you got the hang of it, it was pretty good. You know, but it was still a kind of a slow process. Um, you know, it's it's it's. It's sped up some, you know, we've got a, uh, we've got, we've got good people and good processes that surround that down in Laredo. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's ours is a little faster than most. Um, yep. And we, we also provide good visibility. So it's, a, it's something, I, and the, one of the reasons why I li- like the, the cross border is, is something that other brokers just can't dip their toes in. You know, they, they can't well, just pick up a load here and there and, and do cross border and they're, they're going to get burned pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing. And it kind of well, creates that moat. Yeah, it creates uh, yet that tangible assets to really be relevant with it, trailers and, and facilities mm-hmm. and cross stock facilities and things of that nature. So it, it, to me, it's uh, it's harder to get into from a non-asset perspective if you're strictly non-asset. It is. It's much, much more difficult and it, it builds that moat and that differentiation that we all want uh, as a freight broker because it's... it's Sometimes a lot of times it's so hard to find. Um, and you guys, are you guys running the pod system over there? I think we talked about that yesterday. Um, so yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't do the split model. We don't do cradle to grave. You know, we we believe that. Uh, yeah, we we believe that if you are not helping a customer, you should be helping someone that is helping a customer. If you're not doing one of those two things, and you have an identity problem. True. True. It's. Um, I I think the pod model is is that hybrid between cradle to the grave. In the split, where you're not focused all on your own book business, but you're sharing those duties, and a group is going cradle to the grave instead of having two different departments, kind of, uh, you know, not communicating maybe as well as they should. Well, we, uh, to me, we ultimately want things set up to provide a tremendous service experience for our customers. You know, that's a very, very big deal because the thing that we are marketing and that we try to exploit is what's, um, you know, is what's the 
is the value gap that a lot of our competitors create, which is what they quote, what they sell, and what they actually service is not on the same dot. That's critically important, especially as a broker, that you do whatever you say you're going to do because that's essentially all you have for sale. It is. That's all you have to do, or that's all you have to, to sell. And if you can use the, the auctioneering method, embed that into your sales process, you'll probably do a little bit better. Uh, we're running out of time here, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us today. And um, hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, have a great 2023. You too. Have a good day. You bet. And that's Chris Adams over at Pam Transport talking about auctioneering statement suggestion question. If you're not using that right now, give it a try. I bet it will work. I, I just know it will. And that wraps it up for this. Uh, put that coffee down. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win and expensive. I got expenses to win and expensive. I've been reading out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. <laughs>